Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we have news and feedback, but we're going to focus. We're going to try to focus. We're going to pinpoint Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. For news and feedback, all that and more, we have no control over. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm the never-present Jeff Randall. I mean, <laughs> ever-present. Whoops. Yeah, man, you're always here with us here in spirit, regardless of how rarely you show up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying so hard to show up more. You have been. And, I, I, dude, you've been on like every week lately. It's been great. It's it's been it's been tough with the move. I know you're settling into LA and a lie, a lie, and you're you, you, you're getting there. You're getting there. Uh, well, I'm really happy that you're on with me today to talk about some of this news and uh, get into some. Uh, well, okay, let's do you the, mean news. the news that like the the tickets are on sale. Yes, for Quantumania. Speaking of Ant Man, Quantumania, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It, Here's it's the got, thing. Like the the titles are just gonna keep getting long. The titles gotten long. I feel like the next one's gonna be Ant Man and the Wasp and Stature Quantum Boogaloo Leap. or whatever. Quantum, Quantum Boogaloo. Quantum Leap, yeah. Um <laughs> I like it. No no Quantum Leapfrog. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. It's it's an entire fourth Ant Man movie just about that character of Leapfrog from <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's stupid. That's downright yeah, it's the She-Hulk stupid. crossover you never knew you wanted. <laughs> you definitely don't want. <laughs> because you don't actually want it. <laughs> this isn't appealing at all. <laughs> yeah, this, this just doesn't sound fun. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, so Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania tickets are on sale. We've all got ours. We're going to be going on uh, on opening night and talking about it here on the cast. So, if you guys go on opening night. And we're going to be a little later this time. Normally, we've been going at like 3 p.m. And then, uh, because because you're out in L.A., uh, we're going we to... We are going to 3 p.m. 3 p.m. L.A. time. L.A. L.A. Uh, so, we're going to be we're going to be casting a little later than we used to. Yeah. We usually do. Which will be fun, because I think a lot of people don't get to go at 3 p.m., so... Um, a lot of the far East coasters might actually get to catch us live to talk about quantum. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it'll be a little bit late in the, in the evening that, uh, that Thursday night, but, uh, not like, yeah, we're talking like eight or nine o'clock. We're not talking crazy. Yeah, late. Not like midnight madness kind of craziness, yeah. which yeah. I actually should be better suited for now since I'm, you know, in the time zone that it's actually coming out at midnight. Hey, good call. Ah, dude. I'm excited. Yeah. This year, we might be able to get you on all those late nights. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because, I mean, I've been staying up that late anyway, so. I love it. Might as well. 
I've been just staying up and doing the little 10-minute instant reactions, but man, it'd be awesome if you could be on it with me. Yeah. That's great. That's great news. So, Ant-Man tickets are on sale. I, f- I think we got a couple of things. Uh, Coven of Chaos is filming? Yeah, Coven of Chaos has actually started filming this week. Um, Catherine Hahn uh, reported or like confirmed it with somebody that they uh, it was in an article six days ago that they're starting production next week, which is this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're kicking that crap off, man. We're getting going. Yeah, and there's just been tons of announcements of casting and stuff in that uh, in Coven of Chaos. A lot of great people. It's going to be really really fun. Like I think it, yeah. I think it's going to be great. Um, I just I can't wait. I can't wait. But yeah, with with that news, like I feel really solid. We're kind of like. Con, uh, confirmation bias of excitement <laughs> where uh like I, I feel good about not picking any agatha coven of chaos characters <laughs> for my uh for my fantasy draft okay because like i was like yeah they're they're not gonna it's like they're at earliest late 2023 they're probably gonna push that that's not coming out 2023 no there's no way i don't know man if it's filming it's it's possible if they're starting filming now yeah, for a, a show that is going to need a lot of production value, the way that the way that WandaVision needed it, right? I feel like they don't. Oh, it doesn't normally take a full uh, year between beginning of filming and releasing of episodes. But I may be wrong. I don't know. I hope it does for uh, for the effects artists' sake. Oh yeah, well for sure. Because like those be nice guys have been getting time. slammed. Yeah. Those guys sure. have been getting slammed. They're like they're getting to the point where they're uh, they're about to start a union. Like they're closer than ever to starting a union. Yeah, they should. They absolutely should. Yeah, they like they've been through so much hell recently. Like apparently Marvel pays like twenty percent less than anybody else. And- mm-hmm. But the prestige work, uh, like people, you, if you've worked on a Marvel movie, you can turn around and say you've worked on a Marvel movie, and yeah, it's yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I was watching the uh, the credits, you know recently waiting for the post credit scene to come up on a, on a Marvel film. And like, I was just in awe of how many names there are. I'm like, how yeah. many, like how many frames do you think that one guy worked on? Like <laughs> that one guy, how many, like, do you think he worked on like three seconds of footage? Because yep. like everybody else also worked on three seconds of footage. Yeah. And if you think about how many shots don't even have those kinds of effects in them, you know, I mean, on Marvel yeah. movies, a lot of the shots have effects in them, but then, uh, you know, it depends on, it depends on the movie really, because a lot of them sometimes, sometimes they have long scenes of just sitting around conference tables. Uh, but then you still yeah. have characters like vision. <laughs> who's like, you know, still gotta be, you know, CGI all, all the way pretty much. Yeah. Well, vision at, at least is easier. Cause you have Paul Bettany, Right, you know, standing there with dots on his face and be like, okay, map that to that. But then for like somebody like Rocket, you have to paint out the entire person that's there. Yeah, and and replace them entirely with a raccoon. Oh gosh, Rocket's crazy because yeah, you're right. They're painting out uh, Sean Gunn, and it's a creature with fur, which I feel like fur is just harder. Actually, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy this week, uh, the first one, and. Reminiscing. Oh yeah, it was. It was. I showed it to my niece. I, I finally got her back watching, and she was like, "Can we watch number two now?" And I was like, "It's bedtime. It's ten o'clock at night. It's <laughs> not, you're not. We're not watching a second Guardians of the Galaxy movie tonight, but tomorrow maybe." Uh, <laughs> but uh, we watched it this week, and uh, she. It was great. But uh, looking back, you know, it's been uh, what? What is it? Eight years? Nine years? This the nine years almost since since that movie came out. Yeah, it's it's been eight and a half years since it came out. That's how long we've been podcasting. 
Yeah, I know. CGI is like showing its age from that era. Like yeah. when they first show Xandar, uh, like the, the camera pans down to Xandar and they're all like that first scene. It looks like Lego city. Like it just does not look, <laughs> it looks plastic. It does not look like a real thing. It just looks really, really uh, computerized. And, uh, and then, you know, the characters too, they don't always like move well across the backgrounds and stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I was just noticing it in a way that yeah. I hadn't noticed it in the past. And that's always a sign of like, things have advanced and and so yeah nine years man yeah yeah i mean just the the cg on the hulk is like from the incredible hulk in 2008 to like in ragnarok when he comes smashing through the wall and he's like ah and you know like mm-hmm. his world war hulk like there's a, a world of difference between those two the fact that the hulk looks so natural just like sitting on a bedside eating a giant piece of fruit and he's like thargo hulk stay like mm-hmm. chucking fruit at him like it looks just like some giant toddler and like it's you know it 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 sells that reality to me in yeah. in Ragnarok but like going back to 2008 it's like ooh what were they ooh CG back then was ooh yeah although i still watch that first iron man oh yeah and like i'm still blown away like they did such a good job with the first iron man just setting the tone for what marvel movies looked like and they Favreau just like really perfected the way the like metal looks on screen. Um, and I think like in some ways it was, it was its best then. Like they really did a good job uh, with Iron, Iron Man specifically. Just his armor looks so good in that first Iron Man movie. I, I think, I think one of the big things that, that stands out for that movie is not necessarily the look, uh, but the, the feel of like the look plus sound. Oh like, yeah, especially that that sound of like when the armor fully comes together and locks in, mm-hmm. and it makes that chonk sound. Like you know, things are going down when when you hear that chonk sound. Yeah, and when he like lands from a big like you know from high above, and he comes down and lands, like oh yeah, that and like, hydraulic metal. I don't know when he activates the uh, the repulsors or like deactivates the repulsors. And like targets all the the guys for headshots. Like, oh yeah, the fact that he like he works his fingers a little bit, and then it 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 powers down. Like you hear the sound of it powering down. They were so focused on every piece of aesthetic on that being mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, and I think they nailed it with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's just such a great foundation, and I think that. The MC movies have had like better or worse CGI as it's gone on, but yeah, I was just watching Guardians last night. I was like, "Ooh, this is not as good. This is not as immersive as I remember." You know what I mean? Like, I, like, <laughs> I do not feel immersed in this Xandar world at the moment, but it's still a wonderful movie. Man, it's so wonderful. Yeah. Man, like, you want to talk about effects heavy? Quantumania is going to be yeah. crazy effects heavy. Like 90% movie looks like it's just in the quantum realm, which like, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how long they'll spend outside beforehand, but if they're in the quantum realm as much as they are in the trailer, like it's just so much of the trailer is in the quantum realm and everything is CGI. Like that entire movie is just shot on green screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, oh, it's a soundstage. So, uh, well, what a, what what tennis ball are we staring at today? <laughs> <laughs> another day, another tennis ball. That reminds me of Dave Bautista. <laughs> what does that mean? In his Drax uh, makeup, whenever they were taking breaks on set, like 
people, you know, would go off to the, the craft table or whatever. And like, he would have to sit with his hands up on tennis balls on sticks so that his his arms didn't like touch and rub the makeup off yeah because he spent you know he spent hours in the chair getting all that stuff on yeah dang that's that sounds incredibly uncomfortable (laughs) yeah yeah i I see why about bautista is like kind of done which we haven't talked much lately i feel like most of these things are like clickbait i feel like they've been doing a lot of articles lately about like Batista and how he's done with Marvel and Zoe Saldana has like had a couple articles come out or, or like, you know, little little quotes where she's saying bad things about working for Marvel or how she like feels like she's so done with this kind of movie or whatever. I don't know. We've talked about this before, but like so many of those feel so clickbaity to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're just because when you listen, like if you read the one quote they pulled, it does sound pretty, pretty negative. Yeah. Like out of context, that sounds horrible. Yeah. You go li- listen or read to the full interview and it's like, oh, she's just saying that she's just like ready to be done because she's tired of having like so much of one thing and she wants to do other things. Like she wants to experiment. She wants to be more experiment. She does. She's cause she was talking about how she's done like star Trek avatar. And it's like, she's been staring at tennis balls, nothing but tennis. She really is another day, another tennis ball. That's like her whole life. Yep. Uh, and she's like probably ready to just go make some movies. She's like another day, another four hours of makeup yeah. to get the green on. <laughs> and then another, you know, like, Along with, well, we got another four hours of staring at tennis balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or however long they spend filming on that day. Yeah. So that, that's three humongous franchises she's in. And it's just like, okay. Like, she, yeah. I, I see why she's done, you know? It like might be feels, time to go do some independent films and kind yeah, of like calm exactly. it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you made your money. Go, like, make an independent film. <laughs> yeah, go make the artsy thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, last, last thing on our news here, uh, uh, Jeremy Renner, who we were all wishing, uh, well wishes to the last few weeks, uh, with, after his slow snow plow accident, uh, his is now recovering at home. Um, it sounds yeah. like he's at least out of the woods, like medically, um, and he's recovering yeah. at home. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of rumors and stuff like going around where like, you know, some unsubstantiated claims that like, oh, he's going to need to have his leg amputated or he's never going to have use of his leg again or something like, you know, stuff like that. None of that has been confirmed at all. Mm. Uh, he's he is just like putting up selfies on Instagram or whatever um, and just, you know, saying like, oh, I'm, I got some brain fog, <laughs> like a little foggy from the drugs because, you know, my snowplow ran over my leg. Mm. And I, I, you know, he had a lot of blood loss. He had some uh, some blood force trauma and uh, bone injuries. And like, yeah, I think that that would probably cause a little bit of brain fog having like emergency surgery and all of the things you know involved in recovery from that. Like, I think he's he's earned that time to rest at home. Oh yeah, man. For did sure. you uh, did you read like what it is that? Like what he was doing with a snowplow? No, I haven't read it. So he's got he's got a property in Reno, Nevada, where it had like snowed a bunch, and apparently his neighbors were like trapped at home; they couldn't get out. Aww. And he's he had a snowplow, and he frequently, apparently, like this is a thing that he constantly does. He drives that snowplow around and gets his neighbors out 
of, uh, you know, out of the snow and like clears the road so that they can get out of there. He's being a hero. Yeah. He's, he is saving people. Duh. The, our, our, our Avenger out there, you know, pre- he's prevenging. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's preventing people from being in trouble. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh man, that just reminds me of like I watched Endgame uh, a couple of nights ago, uh-huh. weeping the whole time like I do. <laughs> and when Tony was like, "We're the Avengers," you know, not the Prevengers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> the fact that you said that just like triggered that whole scene to pop up in my head. Uh huh. Like, well. Gotta go watch it again. <laughs> I feel like any new listeners to the show, like I feel like this week because we're, I, know, I know we we are always watching the Marvel movies and like talking about our experiences with them recently and stuff, but like it's just kind of funny. I don't know. It, like in this short like span of conversation, like we triggered some memory of oh when I was watching Guardians earlier this week. Oh when I was watching Avengers earlier this week. It like feels like <laughs> yep. it's just like so. And it is, but it's like, it's just kind of funny. I don't know. It doesn't happen every week that we both have like, oh, I was just watching this movie and I was watching this. I don't know. It's, 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 it's it was cute. <laughs> I live and breathe. We live and breathe this properties, man. We do, man. We do. This MCU is, it's my lifeblood. Like, <laughs> give me some more. <laughs> like some intravenous Marvel, please. Yes. I'll have one Marvel cinematic universe, please. <laughs> just right, right in. Right in to my veins uh okay so we're gonna we're gonna get into ant-man and the wasp quantum mania f- trailer two feedback uh we got a bunch of people that wrote in uh, a bunch of patrons wrote in uh to talk to us about their feedback and so we wanted to get to those today uh so let's get into it yeah, man. We got Andre Sparks. Uh, it says, hey, guys and gals, just finished listening to the Ant-Man 3 trailer cast and had a thought. Any chance Eric O'Grady gets introduced? If you don't know, I believe he's the third Ant-Man. Sorry you guys did your draft already, so can't help with your Hail Hydra. But maybe somebody else will pick him up after listening to your response. Lastly, thanks for trying to cast DC people in Marvel. I think Gal Gadot would make a great Psylocke. Keep up the great work, Andre. Ooh, Psylocke. That is a good call. That is a good call. That is a good call. There's a lot of things to be said about Psylocke. Um, there's a lot of, or rather, there's a lot of things to be said about the character of Psylocke from mm-hmm. the comics. Um, and a lot of things to be said about Olivia Munn's represent, or presentation of that character. I feel like the character was underserved by Olivia Munn's representation. Olivia Munn could have done a great job yeah. in Apocalypse, but was given basically garbage to work with because yeah you know garbage scripts garbage in garbage out kind of thing Mm -hmm. um i think gal gadot would definitely pull off the look yes very very well i know that you are thinking about her in that costume right now and it's yep yep you are don't worry you won't get canceled jeff let your let your mind drift to (laughs) Just close, close your eyes. Keep your mouth close to the microphone. Close your eyes. <laughs> I've never let it run this far. This is the <laughs> this is the part where I try to get Jeff canceled. Um, <laughs> You're doing a great job. Hey, speaking of canceled. Oh, wait, what? Oh no, the the. 
person that Andre mentioned of Eric O'Grady, like oh, Eric O'Grady was a terrible guy. <laughs> like oh yeah, I don't know anything about Eric O'Grady. He was a not great dude. He he was in a run called the Irredeemable Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> like he spied on Carol Danvers in the shower. Like Yeesh. like using his power to shrink down and spy on her in the shower. Like not a good dude. Not a good dude at all. Not like. I don't know that I would like him being there at all. I, I think that's one part of the Ant-Man canon that can just be left out. I feel like if anything, that's like a Thunderbolt situation. Maybe. You know, like I could see him coming around for the Thunderbolts. You know, uh, speaking of Thunderbolts, they're actually supposed to start shooting that uh, in summer. Wow. This year. God. Yeah. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus uh, recently uh, recently confirmed that with Variety. That's That's a confirmation of its own actually because we have speculated it's kind of obvious that she is building the thunderbolts or something that will become the thunderbolts right yep. but uh we haven't actually had it confirmed that she, that's that she's even in that movie so i i think we have actually really she oh was, i just know I she was in the, she, wasn't she, was in in she wasn't in that image she wasn't in the image that that was uh mm-hmm. whatever sure. no it was just the thunderbolts it was like the the super superhero team no, she is. She's on the left. Oh, is she? All right. Yeah. Well, I'm wrong. S- fine. Screw me then. <laughs> Cancel Matt. Cancel me. <laughs> so, That's what you get. <laughs> I did not remember her being in this poster. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. There <laughs> she is. It's because uh, Yelena was there. Yelena was overshadowing uh, everybody. I forgot that Ghost was in it. Yeah, I was I was thinking more like uh, Red Guardian. <laughs> Alexi, Alexi, distracting me. He is a solid distraction. He is. I am thinking about cosplaying him for this year's oh, Dragon Con. Fits. We're talking about it. I, I, oh, that I would, would be so great. I may try to cosplay as Alexi. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. That's that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I still need to lose some weight to get down to his larger version, but like <laughs> <laughs> you gotta lose some weight to get down to his you got fat size. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like stop mm. shaming me, movies. Like when you make like, like, David Harbour look like a, a really big fat like he's big and fat in that movie, I'm like, shut up, Hollywood. <laughs> you call David Harbour fat and it's like mm, that's kind of an average dude. Yep, he's just normal. He's just the normal type. <laughs> he's, he's a normal type. Like he's a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, on that, I, like, I was kind of sad that Thor, uh, almost immediately in Love and Thunder, like, was right back into, you know, thin form. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't get Bro Thor or Big Thorbowski or whatever you know, wanted to call him. Like, we didn't get that for very long at all. And it's like, okay, well, that was a fun cosplay once. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's still a good cosplay, but, like, there's not, like, multiple versions of it or whatever. It's just, like, that... Yeah. That that same... It's like, hey, you remember that one time that Thor was fat? Yeah. You remember that one time Thor got depressed and uh, let himself go for five years? Yeah. I like that at the end of that movie, he's big... But he's like, he's not a joke anymore, I guess. Like, 
Yeah. There's a lot of that movie that the joke is Le Fat Thor is, uh, which is not a great joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, in, in rewatching it recently, I was like, man, they're, they're hitting on him a lot. Like, they're, they're poking a lot. A lot. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah, I don't love that. But at the end, he's still the big guy, but he's like there and ready to fight you know and he's fully off yeah. like he's he's a hero he's a oh, big hero scene moments in in it yeah when he grabs both his weapons when he summons and, both of the hammers yeah and tossing Ooh. one to uh cap and, and shit like <laughs> no you get the little one <laughs> yeah oh it's so good uh yeah when he summons both hammers and then like puts the costume on and like has his beard braided and like oh yeah, yeah it looks so great that's the that's the big guy thor that i want to play yeah that's the war thor i, I want to play i want to cosplay that yeah good stuff yeah oh man all that all that facial hair cosmetic like the beard like the having a beard that you know glued on or whatever mm-hmm. either whatever costume form it is i don't i don't, i'm not familiar with the industry i'm sorry <laughs> but anyway having having that kind of like fake beard on your face it's going to be awful. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I think if I start now, I could grow out the Alexi beard. I don't think I could pull off the Thor, but I think if I start now, I could grow out the Alexi beard in time. I think you got the... Yeah, you got the Alexi beard in nine months, eight yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. Dragon yeah. Con, here I come. Just stop shaving. <laughs> For some there reason, when you said that, I thought of my legs, and I was like, I don't, Jeff. I don't understand why you're saying... But- me. like what, what was i thinking like why did my mind go there <laughs> i don't know that don't was know. that was a weird misfire have you have you ever shaved your legs no it's just huh. when you said stop shaving i immediately thought of my legs huh huh got some feminine energy coming out today let's get this next feedback <laughs> adam pole another patron says ant-man or Adam Pohl, another page, and says, Hey guys, listening to your Ant-Man trailer 2 cast, and I was thinking, could the deal Scott makes with Kang be to get Cassie back? At a theory, she dies at the start of the film when they first get sucked into uh, the, the quantum realm, and that's why Kang says he can give Scott more time. As far as we know, Cassie doesn't have a suit when they get sucked in, but she does have one on in the quantum realm later in the film. Thoughts? Give the good work. Love you guys. Hmm... I don't know. I it's not how I saw the trailer rolling out because when he says like uh, we had a deal, like Cassie is there, so like the idea of him like bringing Cassie back or something seems weird because she's already there. But maybe he did just bring her back or something. But it just doesn't seem like that moment's triumphant in any way. I don't know. It seems like you know he's like take her away. She doesn't need to see this. And he's like we had a deal. It's like. You know, but Cassie was there when when that conversation happens, right? Uh, yeah, it, I, I don't. If that editing isn't weird, they could edit anything. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, the entire movie could be a lie. Kang's not even in it. Yeah, like the, the all the trailer is just a lie. That's what I hear. <laughs> they, it's the it's the red herring. Uh, yeah, from from the quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cake is a lie. Yeah, it's. <laughs> The Kang is a lie. The Kang is a lie. There it is. We got there. 
that's the obvious. <laughs> but like, I I mean, we've seen her in other parts in the trailer that look like she's just kind of like in her normal clothes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just hanging out. The other people also wear normal clothes down there. It seems like once you get to quantum level, for whatever reason, you no longer need like a suit to survive. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need it to do other things. And I'm, I'm guessing that like, you know, Hank made her a suit and just had it with him or something, you know, like, or Hank or Janet or any of them that actually know science. I don't think Scott made the suit. He's just knitting in the back. Yeah. He gives her, like, a crocheted Ant-Man suit. (laughs) I don't think this will work, Dad. It'll work. Trust me. It'll be fine. (laughs) It'll it'll stretch out. Don't worry. You know know I'm magic. (laughs) He flips a card. (laughs) Yeah, he flips a card. Surely this this crocheted Ant-Man suit will be fine. Somebody it's, it's please cosplay in a crocheted Ant-Man suit. That would be great. Oh God, I want to see a whole line of crochet Avengers. The yes. daggers that Loki has need to be needles. Oh needles. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. That's a good one. That would be awesome. As far as like the the giving Scott more time, I mean, they use the quantum realm for time travel in endgame and so like they're going down to the quantum realm and staying uh it looks like like it, it feels like the quantum realm is the like the do everything engine that vibranium is like quantum realm is the new vibranium right right like right right it just does the thing that you need it to do because science uh-huh for sure <laughs> but because time works differently and they used it for time travel and like Scott spent, you know, five years down there, but to him, it felt like five hours. Um, but he had also spent three years in prison and, you know, when he saw Cassie in Endgame after coming out of the quantum realm, he was like, you've grown up. And like, it, it all makes sense that like he would have wanted more time with his daughter that, like he missed, he missed all that time with his daughter. So yeah. anything that he can do to get more of that because she grew up without him. Yeah. There's a flash in the trailer that seemed like, it seems like there's something with like their relationship is fractured, you know, or like she's been through a lot of stuff. She's like struggling with things, you know? And like, I said this on the previous cast, but I'll be annoyed if like, that's his motivation for making a deal with Kang. Just like, but Cassie's such a bad kid because I was gone so long. You know, like, that would be weird. Because that, that shot of him, like, getting her out of jail or whatever made me think that. And I was like, I really hope that's not it. I really hope that's not it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really disappointing if she's like, oh, she's a bad kid because I wasn't around. Like, no. No, I mean... Not to say that, like, a loving family is the the only thing that makes a kid good or, or that makes somebody grow up to be good or bad. But like she had a loving family. She had a whole family. Right. That was like absolutely devoted. To yeah. Her. And I just, I just, I just, I hope it's just that he like, I don't know. The whole thing seems weird. Like, cause yes, you like met, lost some time with your daughter and that sucks, but man, you saved the universe. Like <laughs> yeah, the whole ass universe. Take the win, man. Take the win. <laughs> Yep. 
All right, and our last feedback for the for the evening for the session. I don't know what are, mm-hmm. what are we calling this. Brian Kalinowski says, "Hello, Matt, Jeff, and most evil variant of Ashley." <laughs> Specifically, calling out the most evil variant. <laughs> I like it. Just listen to the Quantum Mania second trailer breakdown and two quick thoughts. While the focus of these movies is Scott as Ant Man, this is the second in the series with the Wasp in the title. Yet she's barely been featured in either trailer. Do you think she will play a bigger role in the movie? And if so, how? Also, I love the discussion regarding the scenes where Scott looks like and is treated like an ant. It made me laugh because when I saw the moment of Kang crushing Scott's helmet, all I could think of was that we finally had the answer to the question from the first Avengers movie in the exchange between Loki and Fury. Yes, an ant does have a quarrel with a boot. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> good call, Brian. I was more geeked for this film than any other, even Guardians 3, even before this trailer, but now even more so. Kang looks to be the awesome big bad we all need. Love you guys. 3,000 variations of a great 2023. Brian. Love it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Goodness. 3,000 variations. <laughs> yeah. Lots of variations. We talked a lot about it. I don't know if you've caught that in the trailer, but you were on the trailer reaction, right? There's all those cool shots of like Ant-Man climbing, like piling a bunch of Ant-Mans to reach up and do the thing. And he's at the top of the pile. Well, that is, that is mirroring what they did with the ants in the first Ant-Man when they're in the water and they're like, yeah, when they're on the the raft. Yeah. I was like, Oh, (laughs) I love, I love that score. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that heist movie score that heist, they had. Baby. Sorry. You know, we've talked about the, how, that, how these movies are all heists or whatever. Quantum heist. Heistomania. <laughs> Do you think that Scott will be able to, like, pull the wool over Kang's eyes in some way? Uh, Perform some sort of heist on Kang? Does that make sense? I don't well, know. He, he learned close-up magic, right? Oh, he did. From online close-up magic university. So, the quantum realm is the smallest you can get. So, therefore, that is the closest you can get to someone. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, this is the closest close-up magic that can be done. I Mm -hmm. think he's got the sleight of hand to pull it off. Yeah, I do too. I have a feeling that well, see, here's here's the thing that I keep going round and round in my head with with Quantumania, is like this is the the beginning of Phase 5, Kang is our big bad of phase six, like, or at least one of. So it just seems like Kang kind of needs to win. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he kind of needs to at least escape or, or gain power uh, yeah. or whatever. Even if, like, you know, I, I really, really love the line in the trailer that says, I don't need to win. Yeah. I don't need to win. I just have to make sure we both lose. We both lose. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's that's the thing that I think Kang is so brilliant for is that like, you know, the way that we had Tom Hiddleston getting a a, a different version of Loki, and you know, and in the end of the the first Loki season, when we had all of the Lokis fighting, like there were several different uh, iterations of Tom Hiddleston's Loki, so like he got to be a bunch of different fun versions of that character and then like take him on a different arc. So 
the thing with Kang is like, even if this Kang loses, there's another variant out there, or there's another, you know, version of Kang in the timeline somewhere that is absolutely going to see that and be like, mm, I can do better. Uh, and be a better, bigger, badder version of himself and have learned from that and, you know, show up, you know, having different lessons, maybe uh, a different version of himself, a different attitude, uh, you know, one may be darker, one may be more funny, like, you know, just depending on the needs that he feels uh, are are present for that particular scheme or plot or whatever he's got. I just, I think that, there can be a lot of fun for variations in Kang, yeah. even with Kang losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing about Kang losing. I could see a movie where we see the very end Kang has lost, but then, like, another Kang shows up to, like, claim that throne or, or whatever he was trying to do or whatever the, the next Kang steps in. Because that's the real... Uh, secret of Kang or like the thing that makes Kang so powerful is the the variants you know like the constant yeah. variants and so I love how he was portrayed as he who remains it's like one of my favorite things Marvel's ever done is that final episode of Loki but Jonathan Majors has such range and it's exactly what you're saying. Like if Kang can be somebody totally different here and then he does lose and he, maybe he's not Kang the Conqueror, you know what I mean? Well, they've said, I think yep. that he is, but like maybe he's just one Kang the Conqueror that's going to be replaced by another one with, you know, Kang loses, but then he goes back and fixes the timeline. So he does better the next time, you know? And so like, yep. I don't know. There's just, I'm, I'm fascinated by how they're going to portray, Kang and how they're going to explain time travel because it's a very like loosey goosey thing when you've got this like character that can go back in time, change his st stars, and come back and do do something Jeez. different. You know? Oh man, a Kang's tale. <laughs> <laughs> the so many similar letters. <laughs> a Kang can change his stars. <laughs> Uh, oh it. man what a throwback <laughs> <laughs> I mean we already got Paul Bettany mm -hmm. when are we getting Alan Tudyk <laughs> has he been in these at all nowhere I don't I think so I, guess I, I, I was just thinking wow. maybe even just a voice because he does a lot of voice work for things oh yeah, um, yeah I mean he so he does the voice of hey hey yep I was gonna say <clears throat> hey hey <laughs> You know, I love the behind the scenes footage where he's like standing at the mic, just making rooster noises and then like looks at the camera and he's like, I went to Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, Alan Tudyk plays the, the chicken character or the rooster character in uh, Moana. <laughs> <laughs> yep. His, his whole thing is just going, <laughs> but doing it so expressively. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think Alan Tudyk's been in anything. Oh, he was, well, mm, he was in Modoc, the series, the voice of Arcade. Other than that, nah, man, I don't think he's been in anything. Okay, cool. Well, uh, oh, last thing, uh, Brian Klonowski asked us about if we think that uh, the Wasp will play a bigger role. Um, 
I think what's interesting about the fact that we haven't seen much of her character is that we haven't seen much of that other group yet. Like, I feel like we've gotten a lot of Scott's story, but there's it's showing in the trailers they're splitting into two groups. The the, the oh, first yeah. three go in. It's um uh you know Janet Hope and uh Hank Hank. Sorry, I can't get them out quickly. Uh, <laughs> Janet Hope and Hank, and then Cassie and Scott go in separately. So there's these two groups that are established. And I was saying on our on our, on the trailer watch that it seems like like she knows uh. Janet knows something's wrong with Kang. Like she's like, we don't need to do this. And then Scott is over there making a deal with him. I have a feeling that they're gonna show up right after Scott gave Kang whatever he was he made a deal for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're gonna show up like, you made a deal with Kang. Like he like you didn't tell me about Kang. I didn't know to watch <laughs> out for this guy. He seems like such a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. a really great dude. We had cake. <laughs> As we discussed, the cake was a lie. The king is a lie. <laughs> What's interesting Brian brings up is they haven't showed much of the wasp and really the wasps storyline because this is Ant-Man and the wasp, but it's really Ant-Man's and the wasps. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> there's two of each. Um, yeah. But... The interesting thing that we haven't seen much of the Wasp story is what is going on in their storyline that they don't want to show us yet. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what are they hiding from us? Yeah, that's what gets gets me going thinking about that. It's like, I think she'll have a big enough role. Like, I think she will be a big part of the movie. Uh, I think there's roughly half of it because I think her story, their little storyline is going to be going on uh, juxtaposed against Scott's storyline and it's going to go back and forth. But since we haven't seen hardly any of that, I feel like we're seeing that snap, that promise, but we're missing the turn. Mm. So I want to know what that prestige is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What is it going to be? What's going to what's going to be happening in the background of this thing, or like in the B plot of this story? How long is this movie supposed to be? I have no idea. It probably that that, that info probably exists because it's out in like a couple days. Not <laughs> in a few weeks. Yeah, that's Let's same see. thing. It is two hours five minutes. Okay, that's pretty short for a Marvel movie these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um. I mean, most of them are about two and a half hours. So yeah. like, it's not like they can have gigantic uh, separate plots going on in such a short time, right? They got to bring them together, right? They have to tie all these things back together into one nice little bow, right? Yeah, I guess so. Right? Or Scott makes a deal with Kang. They realize all is lost. They show up and tell him how bad he screwed up, and that's that's quantum mania. Like (laughs) you screwed up, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think they show up to tell him how bad he screwed up, and then and then they have some big final third act battle. Like that's the end of Act Two, and I don't think we've seen anything from Act Three in this yet. Maybe some of those Modok fights. I think that line that Scott says, like, I don't have to win. Yeah. I just have to make sure that we we both lose. You're probably right. That's definitely from third act. Yeah. No, I think you're right. That battle where he's, like, he's stomping very on him bloodied. and stuff, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, when he stomps, that's probably third act. That's that's the big fight that I think happens after the reuniting of the groups. But we know very little yeah. from it. I'm just freaking pumped, man. The- yeah, oh, it looks so freaking good. Yeah. Well, my friends... Sounds like that's about all of our Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania Trailer 2 feedback. <laughs> and various other things. We've, we've gone on a few tangents today. I always try to name the episodes, you know, uh, informationally, that, like, transmits information about what the episode's about, but also, you know, interestingly, say something fun in the title. I think I'll just yeah. name this one, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania Trailer 2 Feedback. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. That sounds way too clinical. <laughs> it does. It's too many words. It's just too many words. It's just too verbose. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jeff, yes. I hope all goes well for you this week. I didn't lie. lie. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. We're uh, going to be going to the Thai Temple this weekend to uh, sample some delicious food there. So... You've been you've been alive for a few weeks alive. now. Uh, what's the coolest thing you've gotten <laughs> to do? Like, what's the? Have you seen any like of the sites or like any of the? I don't know. Have you got? I know you've been working hard and like starting a new job and everything. But have you gotten to go do uh, yeah. anything neat in that area that you couldn't do here? Unfortunately, I have not uh, been able to do any touristy things yet. Um, but I've definitely, I've gotten to see some sites, uh, you know, while driving that are like very much, uh, very unique to this area. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, on the, on the drive into the office, I'm seeing all these beautiful mountain ranges where it's like, wow, this is not a thing that Birmingham has mm. like at all. Yeah. Um, and for the past few weeks when I've been coming back from the office, you know, the one day a week that I go in, um, I, I've driven, it, like I've driven on a road that is pretty much like puts me right on right in line to see the Hollywood sign. Just like, oh, it's right there. Like I'm, I'm passing that. Like on the way home, I'm passing the Hollywood sign. That's awesome. So that's pretty cool. Um, the uh, the 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 thing that's best here that I've experienced that Birmingham doesn't have is the Thai Temple. Ah, um, okay. They have. They have a, a weekend food court type thing where they've just got a bunch of different tents in their in their little um, courtyard type thing uh, where it's a, it's a Thai Buddhist temple and uh, these tents all serve various types of food. We've got curries and noodle soups and there's the Thai tea. Uh, there's a fried station. There's a grilled station. There's a Thai gelato station. Um, there's a bunch of different kinds of like fried rice and um uh you know various other things um i haven't tried all of them and that's why we keep going back it's cuz like it's so freaking good and uh for like 10 bucks i can get a thai tea and a giant bowl of soup and be like completely perfectly happy mm. with that as like a meal uh, but I end up actually just spending forty and gorging like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's so easy to spend too much and eat too much. Um, yes. Just so easy. Um, all right. Well, uh, I hope it continues to be good over there. 
Um, things are. I'm holding it down in Birmingham. I'm keeping it to the ground. Birmingham <laughs> is still here. We're here if you need us. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I need you to come out yes. to encourage me to go to those fun things. But then who will keep Birmingham on the ground? <laughs> uh, you know, does Birmingham need to stay on the ground? Uh, you're right. Let her fly. Let it fly. You can, Birmingham, you got to spread your wings. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a joke where I was like, uh, you are the wind beneath my wings, but it was going to be like, you are the guy that stepped off of Birmingham and let it fly finally. <laughs> I'm not weighing it down anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the whole weird metaphor I was going with here, because I'm holding it down in Birmingham. Uh, okay, yes, I will absolutely come out there. We will do some in-person podcasts for fun, and we will see all of the all of the sights. We will, we're going to run around and see all of LA in, in two days. Yeah. Let's do sh- it. Sure. Let's do it. I kind of I kind of really want to go see like something at the Chinese theater. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like we could we could probably like we could talk Feige into, you know, coming out. Yeah. In a word. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's got nothing else better going nah, on. Right? Nothing else. But uh, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna come out soon. Uh, we'll be back, guys, soon uh, with the podcast. Probably like Monday or so. This one's dropping Friday, so yeah, probably Monday we'll have something out, uh, and we'll be back uh, with more to talk about these marvels. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.